It's the calm before the NHL trade deadline storm after the Boston Bruins beat the Winnipeg Jets on Friday. They're back home, off day today, practicing tomorrow in advance of Monday's game against the Canadians, and we'll see if there are some new faces in the lineup. Going to bring you all the latest here on a bonus episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, so please do smash that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you want to follow along on social media as well, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. Now, before we get to last night's victory over the Winnipeg Jets, a quick update on what the Bruins are looking at before the trade deadline on Monday. As I record, we're about 49 hours away from the deadline Yesterday on the 32 Thoughts podcast, uh, Jeff Merrick, Elliot Freeman went through each team, kind of what is going on. Friedman said the Bruins have a chance to be really busy. They've been in on Jacob Chikrin. They're in on Mark Giordano in Seattle. They're in on Hampus Lindholm. Uh, Lindholm and Ricard Raquel were both scratched from last night's Ducks game as Anaheim kept them out for precautionary reasons, not wanting to get them to get injured prior to the deadline. Uh, apparently, Andrew Kopp, who they, they played last night in Winnipeg, is a guy who fits what they do. Uh, they checked in on the Vancouver guys, according to Friedman. I would assume that's JT Miller, Connor Garland, perhaps even Brock Besser. Don Sweeney has a lot of oars in the water. Uh, everyone is watching the Bruins and David Krejci to see if there's any waiver circumvention. There was some speculation that they could work out a side deal with the Arizona Coyotes or the Montreal Canadiens, per se, who have the highest waiver uh, claim order, uh, saying, you know, not allowing another team to block that waiver claim or to include it in a deal. Uh, so a lot of teams keeping an eye on that. Uh, David Krejci's team was eliminated from the playoffs over in the Czech Republic, or Czechia, I should say, uh, the other day, uh, leading to some speculation that perhaps he would come back. Remember, he went home to be home, and I am not holding my breath thinking that he'll um, come back for a few months, although perhaps the situation over in Europe might change that for him. Um, Freeman said, you know, apparently Bergeron 
has always said that he'll play as long as he's at an elite level. He's clearly still there when healthy, likely Selkie winner of the season. So they're going to take big swings to win while he is still around. Finally, on Jake DeBrusque, uh, Friedman said he'd still like to be traded, but the Bruins have said they're trying to win and they're not going to make the team worse to accommodate him. So that's kind of the latest at the moment. Uh, the Bruins, I think, would be in on Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane, both of whom could be made available in Chicago. Jonathan Taves was not very happy with the deal that saw Brandon Hagel sent to Tampa Bay, a very good deal for Chicago, a couple first-round picks and a couple prospects. Uh, so perhaps the rebuild is on as, there as well. Debrinkit uh, would be just a fantastic addition for the Bruins. Probably should have been drafted instead of Trent Frederick a few years ago. Again, I maintain the Bruins, you know, they do need a top pair left-hand defenseman. They need a second-line center. Those are immediate and long-term needs. In the short term, they need scoring a right winger. Saw last night, you know, a nice rush by Stadnika, Marchant to DeBrusque. That fell flat because DeBrusque was off his natural side, and it's hard to corral the puck and get a one-timer off from that position. Um, and some depth on the right side of the defense. Uh, now, before talk quickly about last night's game, March Madness is upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, visit betonline.net. They're your number one source for all sports betting needs and info. It's not just basketball either. They have you covered for baseball, hockey, football when it's back, boxing, UFC, including some uh, live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today on your computer or use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, last night it seemed as though we were witnessing the all-too-familiar scenario of the Bruins blowing a lead and losing. We've seen this film before. Didn't like the ending. Uh, they're playing without Patrice Bergeron again, who is missing uh, with an arm injury that is at risk for infection. No idea yet whether he'll be back on Monday. Uh, they had a 2-0 lead heading into the third period, allowed the Jets to score a couple, and then a clutch power play goal from Taylor Hall and a shorthanded empty netter from Charlie McAvoy sealed the victory over the Jets. Uh, that shorthanded goal was McAvoy's first of his career and also a new career high for him, his eighth of the season. Um, so, you know, a lot of close games lately for the Bruins. Um, they were able to show that they've kind of learned from the past. They benefited from um, some late penalties by the Jets, but also um, killed that penalty well late in the game, took a penalty, and that allowed McAvoy to get that um, shorthanded goal. Now, there was some mixing and matching of lines in this one. Uh, Stadnika, Jack Stadnika subbed in and started on the top line center between Marchand and and DeBrusque, 
Uh, he was solid in his first game uh, with the Bruins in roughly a month. Uh, made a strong play to pick up a loose puck and start a breakout that led to Marchand um, scoring off a very nifty play by DeBrusque to settle a bouncing puck and get it over to Marchand. Cassidy said he thought Stanika was good. Got hit a couple times when he bounced back. Started the breakout on Marshy's goal. And uh, he's corrected some of the bad habits that he was displaying earlier on. Um, so could we see him stick with the club here based on what happens at the deadline? Is he going to get traded at the deadline? We'll see. Was it more of a showcase? Uh, Eric Haula and Thomas Nosek flipped. Uh, Haula has gone a bit quiet offensively on that second line. So again, it's probably prudent of the Bruins to explore some second line center options. Uh, I should add Brad Marchand's goal was his 25th of the season, ninth time in his career that he's hit that mark, tying Rick Middleton for second in Bruins history. Johnny Busick leads with 11 25-goal seasons. Uh, David Pasternak appeared in his 500th career game. There was some concern about potential injury uh, during the first period, but he was able to return, and he recorded a team-high Seven, hot, seven shots on goal, tying Nick Felino, who had uh, seven as well. Big bear of the night, one of Boston's best players was Charlie Coyle. He played almost 20 minutes of ice time. Three assists, a season high for him. Um, and, you know, he's playing on a third-line role, but um, playing important minutes, Uh assisted on a, a nice goal by Trent Frederick uh, and that line of Frederick Coyle Smith is really becoming very important for the Bruins and Charlie McAvoy certainly stepped up in the absence of Bergeron uh, to play a bit of a leadership uh, role in that one and uh, it paid off offensively as well. So as I record, it's about 2 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. Very quiet on the trade front. I mentioned there was the Brandon Hagel deal uh, yesterday. Uh, we'll see if that spurs anything on. Uh, a few players placed on waivers today. Philippe Myers in Nashville. Jerry Mayhew, Philadelphia. Philip DeRozier in Winnipeg. Uh, typically, some teams might... Um, you know, wave some guys in order to um, make some space. Philippe Myers could be a, a pretty tantalizing guy to look at on the uh, waiver wire for the Bruins, really. He's a right-hand shot. He was draft on oh, sorry undrafted, but he has uh, played pretty well over the last few years for the Flyers and this season with the Predators. He could be a guy that they could add for cheap on the right side for some added depth, only 25 years old. That's it for today's um, bonus episode. Just wanted to get you caught up on all the latest and also, um, yeah, just briefly touch on last night's game. The Bruins uh, now sitting, uh, yeah, still two points behind the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs have a game in hand. They play tonight against uh, the Nashville Predators. Uh, but the Bruins 
sitting um, a point ahead of the Capitals as well in the wildcard race with the game in hand on Washington. And they'll be back in action Monday night in Montreal to take on the Canadians. Uh, Monday's episode will be live 3 p.m. Eastern on the YouTube channel, so please do subscribe so that you can catch that. Uh, no real point, you know, posting something Monday morning with so many moving parts. If the Bruins do make a trade between now and then, I will be all over that as well. So please do subscribe, follow Locked NHL Bruins at ENC McLaren to get all the latest on the black and gold here on the Locked On Bruins Network podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.